Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. We're here to answer your questions, talk about places where maybe you're stuck, um, talk about concepts that you've maybe heard of, but you want to know more about, or to uh, cast our lot into the pool of opinion if you want to <laughs> know what our perspective is uh, since we've been doing this for a while. Uh, but our goal really is to just make your day-to-day life more pleasant as a developer. Yeah, definitely. If you uh, if you answer yes to any of those questions or if you have any thoughts, uh Hop into our Closure Design Dash podcast channel on the Closure Again Slack, uh, or send us a tweet at Closure Design, or an email at feedback at Closure Design Club. Or if you happen to see us on the street, stop us there. Yes, uh, come to come to meetups in Portland and LA. <laughs> <laughs> you can hang out. Uh, but this week we're going to be talking about faking, right? Faking a resource. Uh, the, this question did come out of our, our Clojurian Slack channel, our Closure Design Dash podcast channel, in which we we're having a very fun and entertaining conversation about faking. Uh, way back in episode 25, uh, the episode is a fake results, real speed. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about faking resources for general productivity and development. And so really the question is like, gets to like, okay, what is faking a resource and how do you actually go about doing it? And so we would like to, uh, yeah, discuss that a little bit more on this episode. So, so really like, I guess before we dive too deep into the, how you go about it, let's get square. Yeah. What do you think Nate on like, what is faking and, and why faking is not mocking? (laughs) Yes, everyone Let's, knows the, the, the M word, mocking. And, and we have mocked in the past. Uh, well, we have, I, have, I have mocked in the past, um, and we have faked we, in we the like past. We like to mock mocking. Yes. <laughs> yes, so don't mock us if we mock mocking. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, no more mocking punks no for more. the rest of the episode, I promise. Oh, <laughs> oh I don't promise. Um <laughs> Well, so so mocking uh, the the mocking that I've used in the past has always been in the context of testing my code um, in in on object oriented language where I, I I have an object that you know object A refers to B and C and I want to just test A so but te- A A A cannot you know no object is an island they always refer to each other so I uh, I had to I have to make mock versions of B and C well they're not just data so they actually have functionality. So I need to make it so that when A calls B and B calls C, then they, they, they hand back the right the right information. So I, I, I would use a, a a a mocking library to say, hey, take object B and wrap it in something that when methods get called, this is what you hand back and this is and I can check to see what goes called and all that stuff. So that that's my experience with mocking. Do you do you have much experience with mocking? Yeah, I, I've used it mostly in OO testing. The The key idea, is, like you said, no object's an island. So you really do, like, you, you have a reference to another object, presumably because that object has some kind of side effect. It does I.O. for you and gives you something back. Or right. you call it three times and then some state internal state flag flips. 
<laughs> and so you got to create a fake version of this that doesn't have um, all the side effects you don't want to talk about in your test, like reaching out over the internet and things like that. Right. And all the side effects you do want to talk about in your test, like do a little dance, you know, and then all of a sudden it's it, it, it works the right way. So that's mocking. <laughs> it's it's test focused. Yeah. Um, not, not what we like to uh, fondly refer to as faking a resource. Although I guess mocking in some ways does fake resources, but that's not what we mean. What we mean for faking a resource is really creating an alternate version that yeah. you can use while you're running your program to get work done. It's all about getting work done, not not about testing per se, but it's all about taking the real Twitter and creating a fake version of the API endpoint that you can use instead of the real Twitter so that you don't either have the latency, you can work on an airplane, or you can do weird scenarios that would be hard to actually generate with real Twitter. Um, taking a database and substituting a uh, literal or a file for it instead because you want to you wanna not have to run the giant database on your dev machine while you're getting work done. Um, I don't know. What are some other examples where we fake? Yeah, absolutely. Any any anything any time that you have an interaction, you know, what whatever that interaction is, and you want to work either on the interaction itself or on one side of it, you you can benefit from from faking. Um, oh, we've recorded event streams that we've gotten out of the real production system, and then we make a fake component that takes the the recorded stream and plays it back at the appropriate time intervals. Oh yeah, playback, playing playing back yeah, the world, so playing back the world. Yeah. Um, so we've made we've made fake components that randomly generate well not randomly but like generate events based on some kind of uh, scripting in in lieu of a real thing that would produce events and send them down like in a pub sub way, you know. And yeah. then what's cool is like we can we can um, control how the faking happens so we can have it produce really annoying events that that we have to write code to handle the exceptional case. So, um, well, yeah, so it's, like, it's like if you're, yeah, like when you're, we were, we'd be interacting with, with Twitter or with Twitch. I, sorry, I remember. And, uh, and we, we'd make an API call and it would send an error back and it's like, oh, great. I want to try that again. Well, the second time I called it, it didn't, didn't, didn't give me that error back. <laughs> well, I want something that gives me an error right. back every single time. Yeah. Until I get the code yeah. right, of course, then it should go back. <laughs> but, but like you said before, it's about, it, you you use it while developing, so you you know you're not using it while testing. You're using it well. I mean, in, in as much as you test during development, but it's it's all about being helping you be more productive, helping you move the world yeah. forward. Your your code. Yeah, forward. and just to distinguish, there's faking on the back end, which is most of what we've been talking about, and then there can also be faking on the front end. So we're big fans of uh, what we like to call kitchen sink. Uh, pages <laughs> in the front end where we we take a component and we render it out in all sorts of different states, but like dev cards, if you're familiar with dev cards, that that kind of idea where where you have these uh, like uh, Redux, not Redux, um, React. React components like via Reagent, you know, you're using Reagent, and then it's like okay, this component can be in all these different states. And the poor graphic designer wants to make some changes to the theme. 
And it's extremely helpful to have a page where that component is simultaneously in all of those states all at once. So while she is uh, working on on the actual CSS, she can see all of the different states of that component, for example, right? So, you, yeah. so you're like creating fake inputs. In that case, it's like a bunch of static fake inputs. Yeah, just um, data, inline end. data. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like a unit test for the eyes, right? Dev cards. <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, all the different scenarios, just so you can see them all at once. <laughs> right, and, and it gets back to what I said is like, you're, it depends on what, what you are actually iterating on. Like in that case, they would be iterating on the actual front-end components themselves, but not like how they look, but not how they behave. How they behave is often tied to right. the backend. So if you're, if you're trying to figure out or work on the interaction between a front-end component and the back-end, well, then you would put your faker as a component in your back-end so that the, 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 the protocol between your back and front-end, the, the real you know, protocol is being used so that you can actually work on it. I think you're actually uh, a principle is emerging. Like you want to put your faking as far upstream as you control. So if your front end is calling, let's say, directly to the Twitter or API or Twitch API, uh, well, you don't control those. So you would put your faker right in front of them in, in your front end, right? But if right. your front end is calling to your back end, which is fed by Twitter or Twitch or whatever, then you want to put your faker right right between where that data would normally come into your application and the rest of your application. Right. Yeah, definitely. Although I, I think that the, yeah, the, 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 the point, putting it at the, at the farthest level is one, but I think that the, the point I was trying to make is it depends on the level of, of interactivity you need, like the actual, the, what, yeah. what you're actually working on. So in the dev card sense, you're not working on the functionality of the components, you're working on the, the what they look like, like with the, um, and so because of that, you don't actually need the backend data. You don't, you're not, you're not working on that that part of it. But if you're working on the interaction between your your client and your server, then you need you can't have the faker be in the middle of that because then you're not going to actually be working on the code that's going to be used in production. So you need to push the faker right. to the backend. But yeah. then, like you said, like if you if you don't even if you don't control the backend or if you want to test the code that goes out of your backend and talks to Twitter, you can even make a fake Twitter. So it's if you're if you're working on those network interactions, you can have th that be level. So you keep pushing it farther yeah. and farther out towards the real thing. <laughs> yeah. So it could be faking stuff that comes in, or or the handle you use to send data out, like you're writing it down in a database or writing it out into Twitter or something. You know, faking oh, yeah. the handle where it goes out. Um, yeah, so the idea is you're putting you're putting these um, kind of like with mocking. The idea with mocking is you're trying to isolate a piece, right? With, well, with faking, there's this area of code that you're iterating on, and you just want to get a bunch of work done, and and so you can make fake inputs or fake I/O handles for out outputting to to let you iterate very rapidly on this code. And, and also improve things like the first run experience. You know, if, if you check out the code base and you launch the code base, if it uses the fake things by default in the dev tree, then you can start opting into the real things, depending on how expensive, extensive, or I guess expensive, uh, the real components would be. 
you know? Yeah, that's often something that's not often optimized for. And I think it's a, it's a real big miss for a lot of people is optimizing the, the beginning experience, both you beginning again and also a brand new developer. Um, and so faking can really help that. Yeah, and so really isolating out that piece that you want to rev on um, or, uh, you know, insulate yourself from a very expensive or a limited resource so that you can get a lot of work done. I know, Nate, you and I, we've done a lot of work with uh, video game backends, and we don't mm-hmm. always have access to some of these video game backends because they're super secret and, you know, we can't just get a binary, some unreleased mega title video game. <laughs> For some reason, they're, they're sensitive about that. Yeah, for some reason. And so we, but we can get data streams, right? And so then we can drive our development using those data streams instead of the actual game itself and things like that, right? So you, so you, you shim it in, you fake it in um, to be able to do that. Yeah, definitely. And I was actually thinking about it, you know, even, so we, we, we've been talking about faking the front end, faking the back end, faking a network service, but when you are doing REPL-driven development and you're iterating on a single function and you put a little comment block under that function and you're, you, you hand it data in that, in that like, you know, just while you're revving on it, you're de- developing it, you're handing it fake data then. Like even then at that level, it's, you're faking. So you're, there's like very, very small scale faking and then there's, there's much larger scale fakes. So it's all about substituting in something that's at least partially real so that you can test your functionality. Yeah, so back in episode 14, our fiddle with the REPL episode, we, <laughs> t- we have these files, we like to call them fiddle files, where we put these comment blocks in, and it's like literate programming, right? We, we sort of explain all these different scenarios of things that we want to do or try, and yeah, it's a bunch of like literal data, like hard-coded data, feeding into the same function, like in different scenarios, like, oh, call it this way for this kind of thing, call it this way for this kind of thing. And then it's nice when we're in development because you open the fiddle file and you just keep reevaluating, like you're saying, you just keep reevaluating those functions um, for each of those different like data scenarios, you know, and it's different than like TDD, aka test driven development, because (laughs) like, oh, it failed. Oh, it didn't work. Well, of course it's going to like fail and not work. I'm editing it, right? So it's really more about like like the interaction between, you know, feeding it data and seeing what the result is right now on your way to getting it to what the new result you want to be, you know? And so so you're feeding it data and you're you're moving the code forward. But yeah, even that is faking it, right? With With data literals. Yeah, and it really helps with again with that for the first round development, or um, when you come back to it, you 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 can you can know oh these are the four different scenarios I was I had worked with before. So when you are need to iterate on it, you can make sure to handle those or whatever. And it also pulls itself really well into actually when you do write tests because then you can you can just copy one of those fake ones and that's the input for your for your 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 test code. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I guess. Then we've sort of started talking a little bit about the techniques for faking. So if yeah. you have pure functions, clearly the simplest technique for faking is you have a bunch of invocations of these pure functions <laughs> and you feed them a bunch of different data, right? And then they're going to get different results. 
And um, yes, you can put that in tests as a kind of proof that things haven't changed inappropriately. But but the main use case is what I was uh, saying before. You you're if you're you're working with code, it's on its way somewhere. So you want to keep reevaluating it to see where you're at with your result on your way to getting the code done. You know, right. So that's the that's the that's the that's like the first technique is the smallest one. Yeah. Um, well, and like the the UI components is kind of like an yeah. instance of that. It's like you're feeding a bunch of pure components different parameters so that you can render them all out at the same time. Uh, because your what what are you on your way to in this case? Like the design is on its way somewhere, right? So you're not messing with the parameters so much. You're just as a developer, maybe you're setting up a page for the designer. We like to call it kitchen sink pages because it's all the components and all of the states, you know, to, uh, so she can like be iterating on this thing. Yeah. And, and, that, and, and, the, and the data in that sense is just a, a data literal just in, in the file, you know, in, if it's closure script, just in the namespace and, and you're, you're mounting the, the, the component multiple times and each time you handed a different subtree of the data or a different subtree of data. Like, yeah. so it's a very similar workflow to the, the fiddle driven development. Yeah. Although you and I have been known to write functions to help us generate <laughs> data literals. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, why, why, why make my own data when the computer is so good at it? Yeah, sure. For, especially for like kitchen sink, like programmatically generate a bunch of instances of the component in different states. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so then, that's like the first technique. Yeah. Yeah. So then I, I think the going to the, to the back end, you know, and by the back end, I mean, you know, a closure service that is, uh, we, we use component, but you know, there's integrant and uh, duct and a few other systems, but they're, they're, they're similar in, in scope is that, you know, every every component in in the system, so to speak, you have like a database component and a Twitter component and a, you know, all of the things that actually need handles are representative as, as individual components and, and, and the framework kind of weaves those together. And so to fake in that situation, we would just basically create a different component. You know, so instead of Twitter, there's a fake Twitter. And 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 we would use a, a either conditional logic or map merging because you know most of these systems are just assembled as, as maps. We would just mix in the fake uh, in the in the when we're making the dev version of it so that we can use that, and 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 then all the behavior carries over. Yeah. So in component specifically, you have the system map, and that system map has a key for the logical name of the component, and then the value is it just a reference to that component itself Mm -hmm. and so we would just replace the reference with a reference to the fake component so then when component you start the system and it injects all the references into all the dependent components then they all get a reference to the fake component instead so clearly the fake component in this case has to be as complete as all the things receiving it expect it to be (laughs) (laughs) as complete as it will be called yes yeah and in that case like we're, it's more about stubbing out uh, fake Twitter. So we can go into the UI and we can do a bunch of actions that are going to generate a bunch of data. We're going to have real low latency. Um, we're, we can have it have policies. 
so that we can, like in the UI, we can do something and we can make sure that when we do that thing, our fake thing is going to generate an error so we can see what the error experience in the UI is. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's about like our interaction with our experience in, in using the system for development. Right. The whole system. Well, more of the system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's it's nice because these fake components, as we run into real errors, so Nate, earlier you mentioned like making a call to the Twitch API and getting an error, and then you try it again, you didn't get the error. And so it's like, oh, quick, go back into the log. What was the exception or what was the error message that we got? Right. Let's Let's put it in the faker, you know, so now it's like, oh, if we send it, if we send it a request for ID 42, then it's like, oh, it, it we'll have it generate an error for that. So then we go on the front end and make a new thing with ID 42, and then we know it's going to make an error for us. So then now what does a front end do when we get an error? You know, yeah, how does that feel? It's like you're training you know? a small diminutive version of the external service to to behave in the ways that you want it to so that you can get stuff done, which again is the whole point. Yeah, and so since Clojure is data-oriented, it, it really, at the end of the day, comes to you have a thing that you put inputs into it, and then it gives you data, right? That data back, and that data could be uh, happy scenario data. It could be error scenario data. Um, but you make that data look like it, it would for real if it came from the real thing. So the rest of the rest of your application can be blissfully ignorant of the fact that faking is occurring. <laughs> it can just uh, handle it as if it were the real, it doesn't need to care, right? No, and that's the beauty of it. You you fake it while you make it, you know. Yes, <laughs> you fake it while you make it. it. Turn it around. Yes, so you can make it productively. <laughs> cool. Well, any other points we got to make about faking, or or have we have we have we come to a good conclusion here? Well, uh, that is the question. Are there any more points that we need to make about faking? We would like to know. Let us know if there are more points we should make about faking, or if you're interested in more of this discussion. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can reach us. Um, some of which uh, include uh, joining our Closurian Slack channel at Closure Design Dash Podcast, where we have been having some good discussion there. Or you can send us an email at feedback at closuredesign.club or tweet at us at Closure Design. And if you have any other questions you would like us to talk about, uh, please let us know on those channels as well. Uh, and uh, we will link to any, sh- any episodes we mentioned this episode. And those will all be on our website at closuredesign.com closuredesign.club where you'll find uh, past episodes and show notes and uh, and many more entertaining things. And you know, episodes even include some code samples. <laughs> so go so, check so them out. Be, beware. <laughs> <laughs> beware. <laughs> uh, yes. What they don't include, large theory words. <laughs> We've been known to bring them up every now and again. But go check out ClosureDesign.club for more of all that good stuff. Uh, That is going to be it for this week. We will be back next week to answer another question. But until then, we appreciate you listening. 